The seventh letter, which isn't the full letter, it's just um, a part of the letter that talks about Kabbalistic ideas, really discusses the relationship between a mitzvah and an neshama, the mitzvah and the soul of the person. That there's not only a general relationship between mitzvahs and neshamas, but rather specific relationships that each and every one of us has based on our circumstances and based on our reality. And he starts off by quoting a verse that we say each morning in Davening, Ashreinu matoiv chalkeinu, how lucky we are, how good is our portion, manoim garleinu, and how beautiful is our lot, how sweet is our lot. But he focuses on the word, our portion. How good is our portion? What's our portion? Our portion of what? Well, we've seen it before in various verses, we've quoted throughout the Tanya, that we often talk about us being a portion of God. In chapter 2 of Tanya, he said, we are a chilek eloikami mal mamish. We are literally a part of God. But that begs the question, how do you cut up the infinite? Infinite is not a pie. What does it mean that you're a portion of God? And what does it mean that you get something that somebody else doesn't? I mean, like, how do you cut this thing up? Also, in this Talmud, we often see when somebody does a certain sin, which is, you know, beyond the pale, it says he does not have a portion in the God of Israel. What does it mean a portion? How do you, how do you get a portion of God? What happens? You take a, the pizza, the pizza pie away, and it's no longer, and it's now not part of the whole. And this is a typical question for Tanya. What do I mean? Hasidus, Hasidic thought, never takes things for granted. It doesn't take and introduce new ideas, but it unpacks the ideas we already have. And he comes and says, "We all say we're part of God. What does that actually mean?" And that's what really we're going to explore in the coming few days. And he says like this, each and every one of us is in some way a part of God. How do we understand this? Because Hashem is, one of the names we have for him is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kadosh comes from the word separate. That's why on Friday night we make Kiddush, to separate Friday night from the rest of the week. And Baruch, according to Kabbalah, means bringing down into this world. So Kadosh means he's, he's beyond this world, and Baruch means he's within this world. And we've spoken about this extensively throughout the chapters, especially in the second section of the Gate of Unity and Faith, that paradox of God being within this world and above it. That even though he literally fills this world, every single thing is him, he's beyond it. He's totally transcendent of it, and it cannot be grabbed uh, and understood, grasped in this world. Um, think an example, you know, our human mind struggles to understand even basic mathematical concepts. Some geniuses figure it out. But think of angels. In the, in the Torah, we read of the father of Samson, Shimshon, who says, I saw an angel and I think I'm going to die because you, you don't see angels and survive it. We don't have the capacity for it. How much more so we don't have the capacity for God's revelation. So God's within this world, but he's transcendent, and, we, and we're not, we don't see it, just like we don't see radio waves, and we don't see so many other stuff. So, so what does Hashem do? He only shines a tiny ray of light, which sometimes is referred to as his name, as we say in Davani, that 
Hashem's name um, is, transcends this world and a little hod, a little ray comes into this world. So, sorry, even the name is beyond this world and only a ray comes into this world. And even this ray has to go through incredible tzimtzum, condensation and, and devolution, the opposite of evolution, until it comes into this world. So we're now exploring this idea that the world we live in is obviously godliness, but it has a very, very soft ray of pure godliness, because the ultimate godliness we wouldn't be able to comprehend or digest.